1: Blog Talk Radio.
0: Some things never change, my friend.
2: (laughs) For those of you who listen on a regular basis, we don't want to disappoint. So, no, we yeah, we, we yeah.
0: try not to let you down. We never here want to do go.
2: that. As at always. The theme, at some point, the theme will play, and when we get there... It will. It will. will. It will play, indeed. I may we have hit it too it. early. We will allow it to yeah. do so when it decides to do it.
0: That <laughs> may have been my bad. I may have hit it a little early this time, and that may have threw us into all into whack here.
2: One can never be sure. No, one cannot. One cannot. All right. We I may have to this, say my bad on that one. <laughs> we, we run this outfit like the uh, New York Jets.
0: <laughs> we run it like the Oakland Raiders. We just kind of grab everything we can and hope for the best. And if something's really, really good, then we just
2: say, fuck that. We're getting rid of that shit. I take no credit for that decision. We trade them. Trade them them <laughs> all. Exactly. Yeah, had a hell of a yeah. game today, and we're going to trade them them all.
0: Exactly. We may get our intro rolling here in a minute. Again, I think I may have fun. There, there
2: we go. Oh. Oh, no.
0: Well, we may not just have an intro this week, so... Well, anyway, I'm you know, I recorded a new intro and everything with that same song, and now it's just like, man, meh.
2: <laughs> meh. fuck
0: you, Nate. We don't like it. Uh, oh well. Oh, it's
2: The off season.
0: <laughs> yeah, really. I'm Nate. He's Tim. You know where he's from.
2: It's funny, that beautiful place piece of music plays every time.
0: Every time, without fail. It's just the intro. And it's just on this show, because on the round table the other night, round table intro played like a dream. I do I, don't
2: I, know I got, I've got nothing.
0: I don't know. Let's try one it's, more it's time. A- there
2: we go. You're
0: listening to Wide Men Can't Jump on the Wide Men Radio Network located at blogtalkradio.com slash Wide Men Can't Jump. This show is brought to you by the law offices of Stephen T. New at newlawoffice.com, stripcamfund.com, Atomic Comics and Collectibles LLC located at facebook.com backslash Atomic Comics and Collectibles LLC, as well as at Stay Classy Meets at Stay where you can use promo code Wide to save 10% on your order and receive. A free pound of Montana grass-fed ground beef. This show talks about NBA and covers all topics from all 30 teams in the league and includes guests from experts from all over the world. Make sure you're downloading us on iTunes, Podcast Addict Stitcher, Google Play, FM Flash, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, and more. Be sure to join in on the fun over at widemencantjump.com as well as on our Facebook group, Wide Men Can't Jump, and follow us on Twitter. At Wide Jump. Now, let's go to the flagship program of this Wide Men Radio Network. Here's Wide Men Can't Jump. Well, four minutes later, by God, that goddamn intro worked like a fucking dream. So,
2: happy to have you back. We'd edit that out if we bothered to edit. (laughs) That's right. That's right. But anyway, we're back.
0: We're back, and the the first five minutes of this show has has literally turned into nonsense with the intros. So, we'll stick with that.
2: West Virginia Comic Con.
0: (laughs) Indeed. But, you know what? We're back. It's episode 90, and uh, we've got a lot of stuff to get into this evening here on Wide Men Can't Jump. And, uh, first off, I just want to take a second. I'm going to give a free plug, Tim. If you don't care. Now, we're, we're not being paid for this. Um, we're not. This is a
2: pre approve of this.
0: Well, you you will probably hold on. Sparky. Yes, you will hear me at times yell at the dog. There is uh my sister's dog is here, so if you hear me yell, that's what's going on. But I will say this, um we were we're not being paid by this organization to to tell you about this, but I do actually want to put it out there. Uh, Tim and I recently subscribed to the Athletic, um, and I'll tell you this much: we could not be more impressed by their website, their layout. Uh, we 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 talked. One of our guests tonight, uh, Stephen uh who you'll hear later, he writes for the Athletic for the Chicago Bulls, and he plugged it. Well, Tim and I had a discussion after and said, "Well, let's check it out." because we've never actually looked at the athletic, man. Oh man. It, it's got everything any sports fan could ever want and more. Um, I recommend it. And again, we're not getting paid for this. This is not a paid advertisement. This is me and Tim saying we used it. We checked it out and Holy shit. Just so much there that you need to check
2: out uh, a couple of things. It should be a paid advertisement hand hint, hint, athletic uh, B about the only thing I can think of that has a better bang for your buck value would be our Patreon page. And other than that, um, man, there's a lot of content on there and you want to talk about uh, deep diving. Wow. There's some articles there that are just novels almost, but good stuff.
0: Yeah. So if you're a sports junkie, check them out again, this is not a paid advertisement, so go check them out. But anyway, Yet, Well, let's get back to it here. The NBA, um, you know, it's the offseason, so a little slow um, right now in the world of the NBA. Uh, Some preseason dates have been announced for some teams. There's been a little bit going on. Uh, There was a, a new contract signing we'll talk about in a little while. The biggest news, though, right now that I saw in the NBA was this, I mean, Tim and I, you, Tim, you and I talked about this off air. LeBron James is showing up at a kid's AAU game, his son's AAU game, during the layup <laughs> drills, during the layup line, the kids are warming up. They're getting ready to play their AAU ball. And here comes LeBron James out of the crowd in his street clothes, and he goes up and starts dunking and doing throwing off the backboard and throwing down. I'm going to go ahead and get your thoughts. Go ahead and tell me what you think about this game. LeBron's <laughs> showing up at an AU game. Should I hold
2: back or should I give you what I really think? Go ahead. Go, give me what you really think. You know what I really think? Arrogant motherfucker is what I think. Jesus Christ, LeBron. You could go do that shit. You could announce at any time, anywhere. Go to any playground, any sandlot, any gym in the universe and you can have a half a zillion guys there taking your picture if that's what you require. Why the hell would you do this at your kids' game? What do you hope to gain from this? I mean, is LeBron James really that vain that he had to go and show that he's a better dunker than grade niners? I mean, I just don't get it. I think it's childish. I think it's selfish. I think it detracts from anybody who was there to play in that game. Um, I'm sure there are a few people that thought, "Oh, wow, LeBron is dunking. That's pretty cool." Um, no, it's not. You're a parent. You sit in the crowd like every other parent. Uh, you want to do that stuff? You go to a team. You could, you know, you can set that up in their practice or something, and go and do it there if you if you, if you think there's some value in. These kids watching you do things that they can't do. Uh, I don't get it. I think it's a Bush, Bush League move. Um, yeah, I, I, I don't know. Bush League. You hear me? <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's Bush League. I mean, to me, like we talked about it, it would be like Jim McCartney coming out during a Paul McCartney concert and playing the sousaphone. And you'd be going, <laughs> what in the fuck? What did I pay? I mean, this isn't I love even a paid the phone thing, line. The Su- yeah, the Su- phone I mean, but I mean, you just like—it's just not necessary. We all know LeBron James just can do these things. Like, who's he doing it for?
0: And like, it just amazes I don't, I don't me. It. it amazes me that LeBron James has went so far as to do this not only at an AAU game, but at his son's AAU game. Listen, my dad went to my games when I played, okay? My dad wasn't an exceptional basketball player by any stretch. As a matter of fact, I don't think I ever saw my dad touch a basketball other than when he threw it to me. You know, my dad went to my baseball games, my football games. My dad was, ne- and my dad was actually one of my coaches in Little League. My dad never once stepped foot on the field during practice. Well, maybe during practice, but during warm-ups, during anything – because if this had been LeBron at practice doing this, like these kids are at practice, okay, you know, yeah, that's, that's one different. that's one thing. And I know what you guys are thinking right now. Where are you at, Nate? Don't worry. I got you. If they were at practice – I
1: mean, listen, we're talking about practice. Not a game, not a game, not a game. We're talking about practice.
0: So, yeah, if LeBron James is doing this at practice, okay, fine. <laughs> you know, it's whatever. But
2: this is at a <laughs> – It'd be, like going, it'd be like going to a little league game and the pitcher comes out to throw warm-ups and out comes Mike Trout and starts blasting 450-foot home <laughs> runs off the kid. It's like, wait a minute. We're here today to check out. Not <laughs> <We're here> to- <laughs> <laughs> Mike, Mike Trout can fucking hit, but that poor kid. <laughs> right, Mike Trout can
0: really hit. Let's see what his son Peter Trout All can do. It.
2: <laughs> or, well, no, no. Or like you know, Mike Trout is there the, during the Little League World Series, and it's infield practice, and he hits the ball so fucking hard that the kids can't field it. You know, because he's a I major mean, <laughs> leaguer. I mean, it's just, you know, look, look at how hard I can hit these grounders. And I'm just tearing the heads off these kids in the infield. <laughs> and on the mound today, for, on the mound
0: for Lakeside Elementary School is Randy
2: Johnson. what's his name Uh, the old guy Um, uh, Nolan Ryan (laughs) (laughs) Nolan Ryan pitches another no hitter in the Little League World Series today uh, he threw one fastball fastball so hard
0: that the catcher caught it and he was asked after the game how it felt and he said ow ow I want my mommy ow ow
2: exactly yeah Randy Johnson's lucky throwing up there, and Big Al would go deep off of him. Big Al hitting dingers, baby.
3: <laughs> Big Al,
2: really? I'm Big Al. I hit dingers. Al. I hit dingers, Nolas.
3: <laughs> I know. Bring where that I basketball sitting in my wheelhouse.
0: Guys, no, yeah, dingers. Say, young who? Big Al, that's who. But no, let's. I mean, seriously though, the we the,
2: get back basketball. It's a it's a poor
0: parenting move. Have you ever, the, well, Jordan had kids. Yeah, Magic Johnson probably has kids. I don't really know. I don't. I mean,
2: like said I don't ever recall. You know, Wayne Gretzky. I mean, I'm trying to think of any sport. You know, yeah, Wayne Gretzky I mean, had Gretzky had kids. He didn't go out during their warm ups and uh, deke out the goalie and you know leave everybody feeling inadequate after he left the ice. I mean, it's just. I've seen. I remember watching Brett Favre go to like a high school
0: practice. Now again. This was the high school practice. They invited him. He went and he threw passes to these kids.
2: I mean, did anybody talk to the the coach of this team? Like, did he just grab a ball and start dunking? Like, did he get clearance for this from anyone? Or did he just do it because he's, after all, he's LeBron. I could do these things because I'm more important than the rest of you. That's what it looked like. Uh, Because i got to tell you, if I was the coach of that team, now, granted, I am not in the position he's probably in, but I think I'd be telling LeBron, don't you ever do that again. I don't care who you are. Next week, we're going to have ten fathers out there, nine of them who can't dunk. (laughs) It's going to be even more embarrassing.
0: But, you know, you watch it and it's just like, it's not just, you know, the team, from what I saw, the team didn't go up to him like, hey, you know, you should come out here and dunk. Come out here and check this out. Do this. Do this. From what I saw, he just got up and did it. And then he acts the fool on the sidelines during the games, who looks like an idiot during the games, acting crazy. But that, to me, that's typical parents. Um, I You know, that's, a, that's a just a typical parent thing. So I see that, but
2: well, it's he, just, I guess, too, he took some shit because he celebrated so hard that his uh, he, he shoe went flying off into the crowd because he jumped up and down so hard when one of his when his kid dunked. Uh, I'm like, OK with you know, that.
0: I'm OK uh, with that. I'm okay with the celebrating what your
2: kid, yeah, you know, celebrating think, your kids. I, I think I know you gotta, you gotta remember. And I know, I mean, this has spark a whole other debate, but whether you like it or not, when you're a guy of his stature, you are a role model. Whether you like it or not, you are one, and you have got to stop and think about what you're doing, and how it reflects on the game, uh, the league, your team, yourself your kids, and all that stuff. He's not, like, he's not a regular parent. He just isn't. No. I mean, so, how, many par- how many parents of AAU kids
0: have their own shoe line?
2: Well, I mean, I mean look at it this you. way. If that, if that happens and uh, Bobby Smith's drunk dad goes out there and d- tries to dunk and doesn't come anywhere near the rim and falls and breaks a leg, what's the story? Oh, God. How embarrassing. Exactly. Exactly. So yeah. So to me, it's just as embarrassing, just because he can do it, and he's an NBA player, has nothing to do with it. For me, you're a parent; you don't participate. That's that's exactly. Just the my way it dad is.
0: would ever go out there and embarrass himself on the court, LeBron. Because <laughs> your dog,
2: your dad terrible. couldn't Bobby. <laughs> <laughs> Not Dang it, son, Why are you bringing me into this? What, too busy. So- at the concession stand talking to them about the beauties of poor pain.
0: <laughs> like, like I said, you know, you, you don't, I've seen parents get into fights at games. I've seen a lot of stuff and you see it and you're just like, Oh God, this is so dumb. Why are we looking at this and saying, Oh, he's involved in his son's life"? no, it's, he yeah. literally went out there and took that his son. Not- and basically this is, this is just my opinion. He pushed his son to the side and said, look at me, look at me, I'm at my son's game. Somebody get this on video. Let's get it on to Twitter. Let's get it viral that I dunked at my kid's game. I'm important. I'm LeBron. Talk about me. That's yeah, what I in, thought. Uh,
2: and in the press, some of them were, well, you know, he. he, Oh no, he, he's supporting his son by doing this. How? He can be there. That's how you support your kid. You're there. Being there is the
0: thing. Teaching your son – being there for your son, absolutely. Hey, I applaud him for being there because some fathers aren't. Some fathers can't be there. I mean, there's then, different circumstances uh, for everybody. But nobody, I don't care who you are, if you're at a child's game and the teams are on the court. Now, Tim, I'll say this. If LeBron goes out at halftime when there's no teams on the court, they're, you know, they're in the back. That's they're, a different
2: story, too.
0: That's a different story. Okay, hey, LeBron's here. He's going to dunk a little and just kind of entertain the crowd.
2: No, he was pit. out there in the
0: fucking layup line. That is horseshit. He doesn't need to well, be out there. They,
2: they tried to, and I don't want to get into this part too much because we don't like doing this, but a, uh, one of the guys from the, Damon Harrison from the Detroit Lions uh-huh. came out and said, uh, LeBron has now set the standard of, of this era for fathers and even more so for black fathers. And I'm going, what in the fuck? Like, come on, this has nothing to do with the color of this man's skin. Zero. Uh, I agree. I don't. Yeah, I I don't get it. Um, you know, somebody wrote, let let him be a father. There's a lot of black men out there not being fathers, and a lot of black kids without fathers to support them. That argument is, I mean, that may be true, but that's got nothing to do with. It has nothing again, to do with. Yeah, we're talking about LeBron James here. We're not we're not talking about some kid from like it's just it's Listen, different. And as a was, general
0: as a general rule of thumb, we normally never dive into this, but this is something we need to look at here. Let me say this: red, brown, yellow, black, white. I don't care. Green, don't purple, blue. Whatever,
2: whatever race,
0: gender, creed, religion political figure whatever party you align to whatever you choose to believe whatever it may be if you're a dad be a father to your to your child if you can now I understand some guys want to be and you know other other circumstances are in play if you can Correct. be at your kids game be there if you if you want to be involved be involved that's the way it should be you should take care of your child no matter what. But when you show up and you and and living through your child is one thing by putting pressure on them in sports, that's one thing. That's a, that's a topic we're not even getting into, but when you go out and you publicly make your child's game about you
2: and look at me, That's, that's, that's me. that's the final word on it. That is not support. That is upstaging. Whoever has to be That's narcissism yeah. That is a social and, media and LeBron gets two thumbs down from me for doing it And I don't care what anybody says
0: I'll tell you what, here's what we're going to do Right here, to put an end to this th- This is what we're going to do right now Bush Ladies and gentlemen, the Bush League, maybe of the offseason, but definitely the one. And there's only one nominee this week. It is LeBron James for taking the spotlight away from players in AAU ball by dunking and making it all about him. LeBron, you know what we say to you?
2: That's Bush. Bush League. You hear me? We I mean, to- Bush forward. League. Bush League. Uh.
0: And that has been League for this man, week.
2: To a man that could get a form to do and say whatever he wanted by picking up the phone. You know, I mean, then that would all he'd be, all he'd have to do is talk to his agent and say, "Hey, look, tell the the uh, the uh, um, uh, press that I'm going to be at such and such a place at such and such a time," and there'd be fifty reporters there. And he can have all the spotlight he needs, he wants and needs. He doesn't have to go to a to a public place and steal it from a bunch of kids. It's ridiculous.
0: Nah, he just I've never been the biggest LeBron lover ever, but I don't know. Yeah, Maybe it's just because I'm a dad and my son is my son is little and I'm hoping he gets into <laughs>
2: sports one day. Be, I got an even better analogy, you know. Uh, oh God. T- you know, like t- Tom. Tom Hanks goes to his kid's uh, school play and shoves him off the stage and starts acting.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, oh, no, no,
2: no, 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 no. You guys aren't doing that right. Get, get, a step aside. What's, what's the line? <laughs> 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 it's just I don't get it. But anyway, moving on from LeBron. Yeah, yeah, that that's enough right? LeBron.
0: I've had yeah. enough talking to LeBron. He, you know what? I'll so save
2: my, I'll save my hatred for when the Lakers suck. Well, well, we'll see.
0: see. So hopefully. and that's the thing. I felt like LeBron. He didn't have a chance to go to a new team this year, so he had to do something to get into the media. Yeah. And shame on everybody. And shame on everybody for applauding LeBron James for doing this. I think he should be applauded for being in his kid's life, no doubt, just like every yeah, father I, who's in his kid's life. Uh, should, no there. You know
2: what? No, applaud
0: him for that. Applaud him for being at the games. That's fine. Applaud him for caring. That's fine. Do not applaud him for making his children's games about him. That's horseshit. What? And you know what? If I'm at a game that my kid is at and somebody runs out and tries to make it about them, it's going to be about me because I'm going to kick the shit out of them. Because I'm not going to put up with that.
2: I mean, and it's it's okay if you like LeBron. You know, it's all right to say that something he does isn't you don't agree with it. Exactly. It's okay. You know, you can exactly. still be the biggest LeBron fan in the world and and say, well, yeah, but I didn't like that. It's all right. You don't have. I to mean, be I'm one of the
0: biggest Michael, right I'm though. one of the biggest Michael Jordan fans you'll ever meet. I love Michael Jordan. He was my one of my heroes growing up. But I'll tell you this: I don't agree with throwing down a hundred thousand dollars a hand at blackjack. Michael can afford to. Nathan Bush can't.
2: Uh, Michael, Jack, uh, Michael Jackson. Michael Jordan also should have put that bat, baseball bat down. And Michael Jordan is also not a very good uh, general manager owner for the Hornets.
0: So there you go. Yeah,
2: it's you yet. can
0: criticize. You can criticize people and still like them. It's
2: fine. Yep. People do it to right, me America. all the time. <laughs> yeah, America, it's okay. It's okay to disagree once in a while. It's all right. It is. You talk have to our with talk to our good friends in Kuwait. In the Middle East, Absolutely. in Israel, in those places, I mean, man, like, uh, yeah. Anyhow, moving. Yes. On.
0: Anyway, let's. Uh, if but if you have a disagreement with somebody you can't get over, we know who to call. There's one guy who can get you out of the pickle. If you've got a pickle, you got to call the Pickle Man, Stephen P. New. He's a great lawyer, great attorney and Stephen P New it will fight for you. New is for you. So, ladies and gentlemen, give him a call, Stephen P New at New Law Office. Again, we've heard it before. If you're going to sue, call Stephen P New. And you know what? Let's hear more from Stephen P New. Personal injury, product liability, workplace accidents, mesothelioma law, social security disability, unfair insurance practices, family law, employment discrimination, and more. All this can be handled at New Law Office with Stephen P. New. It's New Law Office with Stephen P. New. You can get your free consultation today by calling 1-800-208-9169 or 304-362-7345 for your free consultation. A new level of personal service, whether you've been injured or facing divorce or experiencing workplace discrimination, you can rely on compassionate, thorough representation from New Law Office. Be sure to contact Stephen P. New Law Office at NewLawOffice.com or, again, get your free consultation at 1-800-203-9169. Stephen P. New, answers to your legal questions. And uh, I do apologize to Ed Boggess for calling Stephen P. New the pickle man. We know Ed got that competition in a pickle-eating contest back in 1998, Uh, as he polished off seven and a half jars of classic deals, so Ed, we apologize wow. to you for taking your name It never did, happened did
2: again. you Did you know Nate uh, on a side note uh, for the uh, for mr New there, that uh, um, you can never hold public office in west virginia i can't That's correct you know How why? Come? why there's a law there's a law on the West Virginia books that says anyone who has ever uh, participated in a duel by not old public office.
0: Um, I've never been in a duel.
2: Oh, no, come on now. You're the 6-0 in duels. What are you talking about?
0: Enlighten me. Don't, Don't be shy now.
2: <laughs> do you it's black out during these duels? <laughs> I, just I must have. I just thought it was an interesting law to still have on the books. I mean, do you guys duel down there still, or this a regular occurrence, or
0: uh, I can't say I've ever ran into a duel, but uh,
2: it was right, I wouldn't it was put right it up past there it. With my favorite one, which is uh, it's against the law to uh, whistle while underwater.
0: <laughs> we do have a law here in the state of West Virginia, though, and
2: this, and this is on the books. This was on uh, Ripley's Believe It well, or are, Not. These are real laws. So I looked them up.
0: Yeah, this is a real law too. You're only allowed to beat your wife on the courthouse steps on Sunday after yes.
1: eleven o'clock. Yeah, that is a real some, call. Um
2: You're also uh, you, you're not allowed to walk a lion, tiger, or leopard, even on a leash. I mean, even if you got wow. that 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 tiger, at least you can't walk him. Not crazy. Only in West Virginia. Yeehaw. <laughs>
0: <laughs> We're in an interesting state, that's for sure. But anyway, Tim, yeah, yeah, uh, moving on. let's shift gears. Uh, Adrian Wojanowski, your favorite NBA reporter, uh, has reported oh, that C.J. McCollum has received a three-year,
2: $100 million extension
0: from the Whoa, Portland
2: Trailblazers. The Dave Meltzer of the NBA.
0: Uh, I'm not going to argue with you there a little bit, but... Right, uh,
2: right, right, a lot. But when you make eighteen thousand predictions, you're gonna be right sometimes. <laughs> <laughs>
1: I mean, it's, it's hard not to
2: hit a, hit a homer now and then if you you know. I, I think uh, Kawhi old, Leonard might be going to nut, huh? The old yeah. Yeah. yeah, Leonard might be going to one of the following twenty nine teams. <laughs> <laughs> well done, you are on top of it.
0: But the Portland Trailblazers inking McCollum, I think, is a good deal. Um, I'm going to go ahead and pull up there. Um,
2: well, yeah, I look. I was looking at his stats earlier, and he's been pretty solid. Great player.
0: Absolutely great player. And,
2: and he was pretty solid. He's been pretty solid in the playoffs for the last two years for them. Um, I think upwards of 20 points a game, playing fairly big minutes. Um Oh, you know, I guess they figured, you know, if we're going to spend the money, we might as well throw it at a commodity that we know and that we've seen and that we know what we're going to get from it. And we know what kind of a guy he is in the dressing room and all that sort of stuff. And, uh, I mean, 33, 33.3 thirty-three point three million a year is a pretty good chunk of change, but I suppose yeah, you I mean... risk. You risk having them walk, and you don't want that to happen, so you got to cough out. No, you don't. It, um, no, you don't days. want to
0: walk. But, you know, this new contract, let's – I'm going to try and get these contracts pulled up here. I've got it. Here's the payroll. Um, so McCollum will now be making, uh, with his extension, about thirty three. I think it's $33 million, Um per season, as you brought up. He was scheduled to make uh, $27 million uh, this upcoming season and then $29 million the season after that. And since they inked him to a, a three-year extension, he's going to be there the next five years. Uh, you want to hear interesting. Here's, your, here's an interesting contract situation. Uh, you know, we were talking about Russell Westbrook and all that. Damian Lillard signed his extension um, July 6th of this year. He signed a four-year extension. Next season Damian Lillard's going to be making $29 million. The season after that, 31 million, okay? Now, here's his three-year extension or here's one of three the last three years of his deal, I believe, maybe more. $43 million in 2021-2022, $47 million in 2022-2023, and then the 2023-2024 season he will be making 50 million dollars for the season.
2: That that's worse there's a twenty five percent there's a twenty five percent chance that one of those two guys will ten years from now will be reading how they're broke.
0: Well Damian Lillard is twenty nine right now. McCollum is twenty seven. So well, they,
2: hold, the prime I of hold. their career will be are, spent in I hope they're they're being fiscally responsible, and that somebody is thinking about down the road.
0: Well, we'll we'll have to wait and see on that. I don't know how they live their personal life. Well, but, but we
2: no me me neither, and I'm not saying one way or the other. But we have seen on. I mean, we've seen oh, it we in entertainers and boxers and uh, basketball players too, where these guys make outrageous sums of money and somehow, you know, have have none. <laughs> it's, I mean, I can oh you. you know, he, he makes 40, you know, $40 million of go- federal government's probably taken a quarter of that, or if not more, I'm not sure about in the States up here, it'd be about 25, 30% probably you don't even see. So that's 28 million. He went from 40 to 28. His agent is going to take, I would guess at least 10%, if not more. So there's, you know, so now you're down to 25. Uh, Happy agent, uh, yeah, or or whatever kind of a deal, and then I don't know who knows what other kind of people they got working for him, accountants and lawyers and all this kind of stuff. He probably only, I mean, only probably gets you know twenty million of that forty. Oh, probably only sees he probably only sees half of it, but still a
0: real patriot (laughs) taking that low of a cut. He's
2: he's, uh, still driving the sixty two.
0: Yeah, driving that sixty two F one (laughs) fifty.
2: Yeah,
0: rebuild. <laughs> but it is fully rebuilt. We'll give it that.
2: Yeah, yeah,
0: fully um, restored. But but yeah, yeah.
2: I mean, on the side of, of a
0: basketball, it. on the side of a basketball thing, I'm looking at it as I'm thinking that this was a solid, solid move. So I'm I'm very very. Yeah, Very no, good I have
2: no problem with the with the with the signing itself. It's...
0: Yeah, I think I think you have to at that point. You you've got to, you've got to, you've got to, you've got to make that move there because McCollum, and McC- McCollum and Lillard are the future of that franchise. And a lot of people have been saying, well, they need to trade one of them to make this work. I mean, they've got
2: uh,
0: Yursif Nurkic, and they resigned him. Oh, or not... They don't. They've got him for a few more years. They didn't resign him. Why but... not?
2: Uh... Why not try something crazy and keep your two, but your two good players, and and try to grow a third one. <laughs> yeah, uh, I mean, how, how wow, about, wow, how how you could do
0: that. Yeah, no, we uh, want to maybe. trade everybody and, uh, keep, the and uh, keep the one good guy and have all the free agents and, come here. You and know? Then,
2: yeah, and then not he's get any of the free back. agents, and and then we got one guy, and then he gets pissed off because he's only one guy, and he leaves, mm-hmm. and we got nothing.
0: Well, the Trailblazers had an interesting offseason here. They they lost Al Farouk Aminu, Seth Curry, uh, Jake Lehman, Ennis Cantor, and Evan Turner. But they bring in Kent Bazemore, Hassan Whiteside, Mario Hazonia, and Anthony Tolliver. Then they draft Nasir Little out of North Carolina, who can play that three spot. Um, Portland, I think, is going to be a playoff team now for years to come. Uh, no question there. I'm looking forward to seeing what they do as the season goes on. And they probably would have been a much more formidable playoff team if Nurkic stays healthy in the postseason. So I'm hoping we might get a chance to see a fully healthy Blazers team because I'll be honest with you, they won one title. And I believe it was in 1977-78 with Bill Walton as the leader of the team. Um, And I think that's it. They got close uh, a few years back with uh, –
2: And then they had Clyde and Clyde the Glide. They got to the yeah.
0: final, ran into Jordan, and uh, you know maybe if they take maybe they take Michael over Sam Bowie, maybe they're the franchise everyone envies all these years later. But um, you know
2: they've had some well, bad you, luck. Uh, under, you know Greg Oden, Sam Bowie. Go ahead. What do you What do you think of this uh, of the Sixers signing Trey Burke?
0: I think it's a solid addition. They needed a backup. They needed a backup guard. I mean, does that tell you something? He's not going to set
2: the world on fire, but he's going to get minutes. Yeah, was, yeah. I mean, he's only been in the league for what I think six or seven years. He was a yeah, top ten. Yeah, kind bad Okay, but does does that tell you something though about what the Sixers are feeling about their guards? Well, they've only got Simmons.
0: That's their depth chart at the moment.
2: Yeah, again, okay. and and does, is is that even a kind of an indication that they don't trust him either?
0: Well, he's going to be the starter. You've got to take him. You've got to have a. You have to have a number two, because he's got to. Yeah, I
2: mean, but Trey Burke. I mean, he can at least shoot a three.
0: Yeah, he can. He can shoot. Uh, he gives them a little more bench depth, which they they needed at the guard position. Um let me get this pulled up here.
2: And again I'm oh, also it was a, I also an interesting move for a team that swears up and down. They have everything all the time and yet they keep adding I mean he's not a I mean he's okay, yeah, he's not a A lister, but he's not a C lister I mean, either.
0: He's twenty six years old, shot thirty nine percent on catch and shoot threes over the past four seasons. Uh he rarely turns the ball over, decent facilitator. And he's one of those what they call microwave scorers who can heat up whenever he, you know, he gets on. He was a lottery pick in 2013. So, I mean, he's a pretty good – he's a good player. I mean, I'm not going to lie about it. Um, He averaged three and a half catch and shoot attempts per 36 minutes. So, I mean, this guy, Burke is a good player. They also brought in Raul Nato, who people aren't talking about. He's 40% since 2015 on catch-and-shoot three-point percentages and 2.9 on catch-and-shoot attempts per 36 minutes. So, I mean, these aren't bad players that they're bringing in. It's just Trey Burke hasn't had, you know, the career that his his lottery pick maybe would have set him no, up for. But
2: he's uh, he's I had agree. a
0: nice NBA career
2: for,
0: for the most part.
2: He's he said, had a nice – he ain't an A-lister, but like I said, he's not bench-depth either. He's no, no, he's playing. not.
0: He he could possibly start somewhere. Um, You know, he may see a lot of starting time towards the end of the year if the Sixers kind of clinch uh, a nice high uh, playoff spot, as most people are assuming they will. They're, they're considered to be one of the favorites in the East this year. Um, So we'll see, but I think Trey Burke actually adds some dimension there because Trey Burke – When the offense, when you know, if Simmons comes out of the game and Burke heats up, the real question is going to be are we going to take Simmons on the bench who's cold and can't shoot and won't shoot, will not shoot, and put him in over this guy in the game who's heating up, will shoot, can shoot, can catch and shoot, move without the ball, space the floor well, draw defenders? out to open up the interior for guys like Joel Embiid and now Horford. That's that's the question. I mean Simmons is getting paid a hundred million dollars over so many years, so clearly, I mean, clearly they're gonna have to play him. But Trey Burke brings so much more to that team in terms of just shooting. Now Simmons clearly a better passer, better rebounder, better dribbler, better facilitator, but he's missing the one thing Burke can do and that's shoot and calls defenses to have to stay out on him. So, I don't know. It's an interesting idea. Yeah, we have seen the, we've seen the Sixers in the past. They put Simmons in when McConnell would heat up or when you know, any of their backup guards would heat up, uh, they would you know, stick with their rotation. Brett Brown was, you know, we're going with Ben. Ben comes back in the game. So, I don't know. I mean, it, it's going to be interesting. Clearly, Ben's the guy. He's the fancy name. He's the big draw. But, I don't know. It's hard to sit here and say that Trey Burke doesn't have some qualities got, that, uh, that Ben Simmons doesn't.
2: Okay. Yeah, all right. Fair enough. I, I got one other one I want to talk about quick, and then you can have the floor until I guess we should run a – Go ahead. Here we should get some article or some interviews. But um, the other story that kind of caught me, and I'm of—I I don't know. Initially, I—I I, I felt one way about it, and now I feel another way. Jeremy Lin, crying. Yeah, I'm up. That the—that the, that the league is passing. You know, he's not getting his just due somehow or something. Um, I just looked up how much money Jeremy Lin has made playing basketball. And I don't feel sorry for Jeremy Lynn anymore. More than me and you, I guarantee you that. <laughs> uh, just a just a just a paltry sixty five million over nine seasons.
0: Oh, is that all? That poor guy. Bless him. Bless I mean, his
2: heart. He's, he's another patient. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> indeed, he's gonna have to downgrade from a nineteen seventy eight Chevy Impala to a sixty four <laughs> Ford F one fifty.
0: Jeremy Lynn is now forced to drive a 1995 LeSabre uh, because he a can't Buick, play anymore. What shame! A Buick,
2: a, a Buick LeSabre. That's yes.
0: Uh, yeah. Yeah. Bless I his mean, heart.
2: you know, he's talking. But the, the thing that really killed me was he's he's talking about um, how the, the league is, uh, you know, not done right by him somehow, and yet then he, in the same breath he says, "Well, I'm a." Uh, I got to go on this China thing and I got to talk about a, a championship. I don't feel I earned. Well, of course you didn't, you never really played, but you were on the team. That's how that works. And and then I'm going to have to talk about a future in basketball, that I don't know if I really want. All right. You don't know if you want to keep playing basketball, but the league should offer you a, somebody should offer you a pile of money. Um, what now?
0: I'll tell you this, Jeremy. There's a couple things nobody can take away from you. Number one, you're an NBA champion. Nobody can take that away. And, Tim, I'm a firm believer. And you can spend that however you want
2: 20 years from now. Every
0: guy who's on that roster earns his championship ring. Maybe he's not on the court playing and putting the ball in the basket, but at practice he's there. He's playing. He's ready to go if his team needs him. He can play. He plays if need be. At practice, he's the guy who's guarding, playing the defense that they're going to be facing. Um, everybody on that team contributes in some way. Even if Jeremy Lin, if he, if he t- helped tie Kawhi Leonard's shoe once, he contributed. So Jeremy Lin has a ring, like it or not. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, guys have rings that, that you may think don't deserve rings. I mean, Adam Morrison, Juan Howard. Um, all these guys, they're NBA basketball players. They are better than you and me at their given craft. They may not be better than some of their peers, but they earned what they have, okay? We laugh and and kind of snicker when you see Juwan Howard getting the champagne dumped on him uh, and say earned, not given, when Miami won their championship ring. We kind of laugh at that, but he earned it. So Jeremy Lin's an NBA champion. He may feel like he didn't deserve it, but he got it. So like it or not, kid, you are. Number two, Jeremy Lin is a Harvard graduate. People forget that all the time. This is a guy that went to Harvard. He's very intelligent. He graduated from there. He has a degree from there. He can get a job in his chosen profession, whatever it may be, doing whatever he wants. All he has to do is go, hello, I went to Harvard. And the boss will say, hello, when can you start?
2: Because that's Uh, a big deal. And also the fact that he is a basketball, you know, he's got some celebrity doesn't hurt he's, either. He didn't have any celebrity.
0: he, You know what? You graduate from Harvard, you've done No, but he,
2: do, but he does have some, so that's just extra in the bucket.
0: Exactly. He popularized Lynn Sanity. He was on fire. He was a cultural phenomenon for the Knicks. He was the last big thing for the Knicks. You
2: can't argue well, well, that. Have, he, yeah, I would have was to a say that it, there. he was undrafted. He was. How many how many undrafted players make sixty five million dollars in the NBA? Not but many. To be honest, to be honest, I'm not even really sure that he's all that great. He's okay, but you know, he kind of I mean, had a he had a moment there with the, with the Knicks, but um, it never really translated into any more than that.
0: But look at but we
2: remember it. And we oh, always no, will. No, no. We'll always I, I, I remember that. No argument there. I'm just saying, for an so, undrafted guy who's got a college degree in something we're talking about in a school we're talking about, um, and then he managed to make sixty-five million dollars, and he's only thirty. Yeah. Like yeah. I think of him as being significantly older than that. I'd yeah, like he's Yeah, I'd like to have I'd like to have that staring you in the face, Nate. Oh, by the way, yeah, Nate, boy, uh, that, can, that would be terrible. You can give up. Uh, you can give up podcasting because. Uh, after all, you got a degree in from from Harvard, and you did make $65 million, so you should have something uh, to show for that $65 million, even if it's a house and a, you know, whatever. But you, you should have something. Um, uh, yeah, I'm sorry. I, 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 I can't feel sorry for the I mean, okay, I mean, he may career, be – His career might be over, be, but boo-hoo.
0: He may be the best. Ivy League player to ever play in the league, maybe, maybe of all time. So I don't know. That's just me. I mean, this is a guy who he he was in the D League multiple times. Uh, he he's been all over the place. So, I mean, if you he ask
2: been, me. He has a degree in economics from Harvard with a three point one grade point average. So he ain't no dummy.
0: All while playing basketball and setting yeah. records, yeah. and while setting in the Ivy League so yeah so, this dude knows what he's doing he's a smart guy
2: he might just be having a moment of feel sorry for myself and well I think he's
0: looking at it as you know my career might be over.
2: he's playing he's played with the
0: Warriors, the Knicks, the Rockets, the Lakers, the Hornets, the Nets you know the Hawks again <laughs> or, no, the different Hawks, the Hawks, the Raptors he's played in a lot of but he, he got a title that's more than a lot of guys can say. A lot of guys never got that. Reggie Miller never got one. Carl Malone never got one. John Stockton never got one. Not saying he's better than those guys, but he still, he got a title. He was a two-time first-team All-Ivy League player. He's a second-team All-Ivy League player as well. He was ABA Club Championship MVP, which is the Asian Basketball Association. So at one point in time, he's probably the best Asian basketball player on the planet, arguably. That's Of course, that's arguable. Um, he's had a nice career. I mean, he. I think he's just down on himself because he may be realizing that time is running out and his career is slowly dwindling yeah. down. And well, maybe he's just one of those guys that doesn't do well with change because I he mean, goes from still sleeping still... on – he was sleeping on his friend's couch and he's in the NBA. So, I give him props. You know what? If he wants to feel sorry for himself, by God, he can feel sorry for himself. He's earned it.
2: Yeah. Get up and shake yourself off, Jeremy Lynn. Go do something else. I think and, he will. Go do something else and be really good at that, too. He will. You, I you think know. he
0: will. It's just, you know, we all have those momentary lapses of weakness. Um, I know I do, especially when it comes to money. I have a momentary lapses of weakness, and I'll tell you this. If I'm ever going to blow a bunch of money in a momentary lapse of weakness, it'll be with our good friends at Atomic Comics and Collectibles, LLC. Mm-hmm. My God the savings, the deals, the products, the things that Atomic Comics and Collectibles LLC has unbelievable. Some of the things that you you will see
2: from them. You can't believe how grateful I am that that store is not somewhere I can get at. (laughs) Well, (laughs) they just got Scooby-Doo
0: Funko Pops in. They got Ghost Clown and They've also got uh, some of the retro collection Star Wars figures coming in soon. You know, they got the storm. Uh, Stormtrooper Darth Vader. Looks here. I'm trying to make it out, that The picture's kind of small. Luke Skywalker, Princess Leia, Han Solo, Chewbacca. Oh,
2: yeah. Very good. Uh,
0: nice. Thank you. Uh, they've also got the Spooky Space. What's a Spooky Space Kook? And Phantom Shadow. More Scooby-Doo oh, yeah. Funko Pop. Again, hey, more kids. collectibles, more posters. Trail the Pink Panther poster. Just check them out. Atomic Comics and Collectibles, LLC. It's on Facebook, facebook.com slash Atomic Comics and Collectibles, LLC. Go ahead, Tim. I'm sorry.
2: It seems to me that if you want it, they probably have it. And if they don't have it, they could probably get it for you.
0: Oh, yeah, definitely. I mean, they've just so. got so much. Uh, they had a bunch of stuff set up at S-Con a few weeks ago in Logan, West Virginia. I know Michael and Leslie will both be at Pike Con in Pikeville, Kentucky. Uh, if you're a wrestling fan, Sergeant Slaughter is going to be there as well. I believe that's coming up on Friday, August the 2nd. So go check it out. Don't want to miss it. But uh, let's hear a little more from our good friends at Atomic Comics and Collectibles, LLC. If you're into comic books and collectibles, then you are going to want to check out Atomic Comics and Collectibles, LLC. They buy and sell comic books, action figures, pop funkos, vintage video game system, vinyl records, and other collectibles. Retro and vintage collectibles are their specialty. They have fair and competitive pricing on all their items. Their prices will make you say,
3: Oh
1: my God!
0: Currently, they run on Facebook, and they're in the process of getting their own storefront in Logan, West Virginia. Give their Facebook page a like, and keep updated on new merchandise and announcements for Comic-Cons and store opening in your area. They do ship, but only within the United States at this time. Atomic Comics and Collectibles, LLC where yesterday's memories are today's future. If you are looking for anything comic book or collectible-wise, you are going to want to do one thing. Assemble. And head over to Atomic Comics and Collectibles, LLC. Check out their Facebook page, Atomic Comics and Collectibles, LLC. Again, check them out, Atomic Comics and Collectibles, LLC. Facebook.com slash Atomic Comics and Collectibles, LLC. Well, Tim... You and I had a great pleasure to sit down and talk to one Stefan No from The Athletic about the Chicago Bulls, and we kind of previewed the Bulls season, and Stefan had some great insight, and we really got to talk a lot about Chicago, and they were a team that I picked last year to be a great team. Uh, they let me down a little bit, but that's okay. I'm not holding no grudges. Um, but, yeah, we had a great talk with him, and we really got a good preview of what we think the Bulls are going to look like this year. That
2: right, we did. Yeah. So. that turd. You go.
0: Back on the show is Stefan No from the Athletic in Chicago. He's an NBA analyst and contributor. Stefan, again, thank you for coming back on the show.
3: Hey, thank you guys so much for having me.
0: Anytime. Well, we're gonna be talking Chicago Bulls here. It is the off season, so as a lot of people like to say, it's the uh, dead part of the season, but really the NBA never stops. And Chicago had some interesting moves they made this off season. Uh, first, we're going to look at the biggest addition. Probably they they feel they found their franchise point guard in Kobe White out of North Carolina. They get him at the seventh pick of the draft. Uh, Kobe White, I like him coming out of college. Um, he kind of he was maybe even ranked a little higher than seven um like he could have went top 5 easily I believe but uh, he fell to 7 bulls grab him do you think Kobe White is the answer at the point guard position that Chicago's been looking
1: for
3: I think he uh definitely has potential I don't think he's going to come out and have like an amazing rookie year I mean he is only 19 years old point guard is probably the hardest position in the NBA to learn and he did not play particularly well in summer league so I think that, um, yeah, he's – the the way that North Carolina used him, um, you know, he was really great in transition, but in half-court offense, his reads were a little bit simplistic. So I think he's going to need to learn how to run more pick and rolls, how to make, you know, all the passes the point guards need to make in an NBA offense. So I foresee the Bulls bringing him along fairly slowly, to be totally honest with you. And I think it's going to take at least two or three years before we can really determine – what exactly this guy's ceiling is.
0: Well, he is good in transition. That's been noted. If you've ever went on Twitter and saw uh, GIFs of him, he's a great passer in transition. He can do some good things there. Uh, And and honestly, I think that could fit with what the Bulls can do because very young, very athletic team, Uh, Zach Levine can jump out of the gym. Chris Dunn, he's a solid guard. Um, Laura Markkinen, is an athletic big, and then you've got uh, Wendell Carter who fits in nicely there. So the Bulls are a very young team and athletic, but during the offseason they went ahead and added uh, a couple of veterans. Thaddeus Young moving over to Chicago. Um, What is an addition like Thad Young to this Bulls roster with all these young guys, what does he mean to that team as a veteran leader?
3: Uh, I think it means quite a bit. I mean, this is a team that only won 22 games last year. And at the end of the year, uh, John Paxton, vice president of basketball operations, he's been with the team forever. He said that, you know, they want to make a push this year. Seems like they want to try to make the playoffs. Uh, Thad Young is certainly going to help in that aspect. So the team was really low IQ last year, to be quite frank with you. And uh, Thad Young has always been known as very high IQ player on both ends of the floor. I think that his mentorship aspect is going to help a lot. You look at what he did with the Pacers' big men last year. Those guys took a big leap. I think the Bulls are hoping that he can do the same thing for Larry Markinen and Wendell Carter while at the same time, I mean, he's still a really useful player on the court. So uh, just all the different things that he brings, I think he's really going to raise the level of this team, the floor of this team. And I was very happy with the signing.
0: Yeah, um, I, he was, he's been kind of a journeyman in the NBA, but he always seems to to add to whatever team he goes to. He's a very uh, solid piece on any roster. And in case there's any Bulls fans out there panicking about summer summer league rookie stats, uh, Laurie Markkinen only averaged 14 points per game with 29% shooting. And um, to compare that, Tyrus Thomas averaged 16.2 points per game with 44% shooting. So don't get too excited about summer league stats <laughs> is the point we can all get from that. Um, Tim, any questions for Stefan?
2: Yeah, I wanted to take kind of more uh, broader look at the team. Um, last year, as you, as you mentioned, uh, what, 22 and 60, uh, 27th in scoring, 20th in giving them up. Um, where do they need to focus? Uh, are we looking at a team that's going to go offense? Are we looking at a team that's going to try to tighten it up on their own end of the court, or are we basically looking at a at least a year or two of young guys on the rebuild?
3: Well, I think what they really need to focus on here is installing the system that they want going forward. So, it's a weird year. Last year. Fred Hoiberg, uh, he had not had the rosters that really fit his style for his first three years that he was on the job. The Bulls finally built this team that's capable of running with young athletic players that you guys talked about at the top of the show. And then they fired him after only a couple months of the season. Jim Boylan took over and really slowed everything way, way down, which didn't really make a ton of sense. Um, You know, playing through the post with Robin Lopez a lot, It was kind of um, an antiquated system, very difficult to watch, uh, not the way that any other team was playing. So I think what's important for the Bulls is to establish a more modern system. They have the personnel to do it. Kobe White, as you guys mentioned, uh, terrific in transition. They have guys that can run with him. So I think that is where the focus needs to be, is playing the correct way. And, you know, the Bulls obviously are not winning – a championship this upcoming season, but if they can get closer to a modern style that can take them eventually to that place, then I think this season is going to be considered a big success.
2: So, what's the um, feel of the fan base there? I noticed uh, today when I was looking that the, the Bulls have been attendance wise are spectacular still, despite uh, what now two years without playoffs, I believe. Um, is there any danger? We talked to some other guys from some from other franchises, and they were worried that if they didn't get some wins on the board fairly quick, that the you know ticket sales were going to start to drop, and the fan base was was going to have you know they'd had enough uh Chicago in any danger of that happening, or is that franchise just too solid
3: I think this idea of competitive advantage has become very popular um, among nBA writers, and the bulls competitive advantage is that they have the most dedicated fans in the league. I mean, even in the post-Jordan years, in the 1999, 2000, 2001 years, where they were dead last in the league, had virtually no talent. They were still number one in attendance, and they've been top three in attendance, I think, uh, ever since the Jordan era, basically. So they have the fan support, no matter what product they put out there. As far as management goes, Gar Foreman and John Paxson have been around seemingly forever. It doesn't matter how many mistakes these guys make. They're just never getting fired. So they have this uh, solid foundation in place where they should be able to take advantage of that kind of stuff. They should be able to, make, to take risks and fulfill whatever vision they have. Unfortunately, it has not really worked out um, the past couple of years. But as far as pressure being on them or – Pressure being exerted by the fan base—I uh, don't think that is really happening. I mean, whatever the Bulls do, they're going to do fine at the gate.
2: Well, they're still uh, what well, Reinsdorf still owns the team, right, Jerry?
3: Yeah, Jerry Reinsdorf still owns the team. His son okay. Michael Reinsdorf. Is, okay, so uh, they're so
2: they don't—they're no answering to anybody really there. You no, know, nah, like I mean, a, almost, not like some clubs where you know, they only they have a. Ownership group or whatever the
3: case may be. Yeah, I mean the team is a cash cow regardless of uh, anything they do. So they have a, a really valuable franchise on their hands. It's a fortunate situation for them. Yeah, and
0: one thing that you say though is over the past few years they have been the winners of some some nice moves. Uh, not a, they absolutely just gave Jimmy Butler to the wolves and then got a lot of young pieces back. They trade Jimmy Butler and get Levine done and and out of the deal. Uh, and you saw how that Minnesota situation worked out for Jimmy Butler. So uh, I think the bulls won that trade at first. People were saying, what were the, what are the bulls thinking? And then Jimmy Butler's now on his third team within two, three years, two or three years. So yeah, there you go. But, um, Another another signing the Bulls did, though. They signed uh, Tomas Saterinski Satter- if I'm pronouncing that correctly. He's a point guard who played when John Wall went down with that Achilles injury last year. In 54 games as a starter, he averaged 10.7 points per game with 6.2 assists and uh, 4.3 assists per contest. so And he shot rather well, 48.6% from the field, 40% from three. Um You know, the point guard position may be a little up for grabs right now. Kobe White, the guard of the future, but between Sadorinsky and Chris Dunn, I mean, there could be some real competition here if Kobe White's not ready to get out there and lead this team yet, and like you said, he's nineteen. Do you like this signing
3: for the Bulls to get uh, Tomas Sadorinsky as uh, a backup point guard? I love the signing. I had been advocating for the Bulls to go after Sadoransky for two years. Um, If you look at the Wizards stats after John Wall went down, their transition frequency stayed pretty much the same. Uh, I think Wall gets a lot of credit for pushing that offense. But Sadaransky did it really well, too. Uh, What the Bulls need in their point guard is a guy who can play off the ball, spread the court. Zach Levine is their number one scoring option, and he's an extremely talented scorer. So they don't need a point guard that's going to create a ton of shots for other players because the ball is going to be mostly in Levine's hands anyway. I think that's where Sadoransky um, is going to help a lot. Play a bunch of different positions. The Bulls don't have a lot at uh, wing. Sadoransky's a six foot seven point guard. That's huge size for a point guard. So he can slot in there a little bit in a pinch. Um, I just think he's been an extremely underrated player throughout his career. He's very intelligent has that size where he can be an effective defender, although he's not super quick, but yeah, just knows where to be on the court. And I would be shocked if he's not the starter on opening day. You you guys mentioned Chris Dunn, but Dunn has kind of fallen out of favor in Chicago. They've been not so secretly trying to shop him and it seems like his trade value is pretty much zero, but um, yeah, he, he has one year left before he's up for that, um, uh, before his rookie contract is over. And it doesn't seem like he's long for Chicago, but if nobody else is going to take him, I mean, I guess the Bulls will just give him the year to try to see if they can uh, get anything out of him and and sign him for that second deal. But I would not be surprised at all if uh, Dunn is gone before opening day.
0: Um, Looking at the Bulls from last season, you got, uh, you know, most of the roster coming back. You really only lost Robin Lopez. Um, who was a big piece for the Bulls in terms of probably veteran leadership. But you know, you bring in Luke Cornett, who's not going to set the world on fire um, as a big man to kind of replace him. But who's the who's the guy on this roster? You know, it could be Levine, could be Markin and coming back fully healthy for a year, uh, could be Wendell Carter. Who's the guy you're looking to this season and want to see – well, maybe not want to see, but you think we will see the most improvement out of this season for the Bulls?
1: I think
3: it's going to be Wendell Carter. I mean, Levine took a big step last year. So to expect him to take another step is probably a little bit unrealistic. Markinen had a very quietly solid year. I mean, he averaged uh, 19 points and nine rebounds, which went very much under the radar of the rest of the league. Wendell Carter, he didn't make any of the all-rookie teams um he had his season cut short by injuries he only played 44 games as a rookie and this guy just has so much potential uh he wasn't used correctly last year when he was at duke he was a terrific three-point shooter bulls did not have him shooting basically any threes when uh jim boylan took over as coach Uh, carter is also a great playmaker both didn't really use him in that passing role. So I think that, again, like uh, Boylan was kind of thrown into this midway through the season. He didn't have a lot of time to plan. I think with a full offseason, he's going to think of more ways to utilize Wendell Carter, use all the different versatile skill sets that this guy has, and let him shine in, um, in a more featured role in this offense. So I expect Carter to uh, – if – if he's given the chance here to show a lot more of what he can do and have a, a nice second year.
0: Uh, one thing I did want to bring up here with the Bulls, you men- you, we have mentioned Jim Boylan. When he took over, there seemed to be a lot of uh, resentment to his style of coaching, kind of that, that Greg Popovich style of my way or the highway and the slow the ball down, uh, back to the basket kind of basketball. Have the players kind of gotten used to that now? Or are they more now acclimated to his system?
3: I think there was more buy-in as the year went on, uh, mostly because they started winning a little bit more. Like when he first took over, within the first week, they lost the game by 50 points to the Celtics, which is the, it was the biggest home loss in franchise history. Immediately after that game, he just threw all of his players under the bus, even though – uh, it was mostly because of him that they lost by like, so many points. He benched the starters three minutes into the second half and didn't play them for the rest of the game, so that's why the score got so out of hand. I think the starters really resented that. Um, they were being made to look bad because of a coaching decision. After that, they had a team meeting. It seemed like some healing process took place. He stuck up for his players a lot throughout the year, and while he did drive them very hard, um, I think that he – Kind of let go of the gas a little bit towards the end of the year, you realize that you know you can't push these guys so hard through an eighty two game season, so things did get a little bit better I, uh, There was a notable moment, like two thirds of this season, where he got a bunch of technicals for uh, arguing on behalf of Zach Levine and Levine offered to pay his fine that made a lot of news in Chicago and that was uh good sign in what was a pretty rocky relationship at times between Levine and Boylan so I think that there was some progress made um, which I mean there kind of had to be because um, there was only one way to go and after that first week where it seemed like his relationship with his players was pretty much at rock bottom
0: Tim any more questions for Stefan
2: so next year if I'm reading this correctly I'm not sure that I am, but I think I am. The Bulls have got a little bit of uh, salary to play with. Is that correct, as far as you know?
3: They're not going to have a ton of um, cap room next year, but they've structured all their contracts so that um, they get a lot of them off the books in two years. So I think they're aiming for For 2021. 2021. Yeah, and next year's free agency class is supposed to be pretty bad anyway, so I, I think that's a pretty good move on their part.
2: So any chance this team makes around that, uh, that a top 10 kind of guy, or are they going to rebuild the old-fashioned way?
3: Well, I think that's the plan. You know, like the new NBA, so much player movement among the top 15 players as, as we saw this summer. So I believe the Bulls are going to have somewhere in the neighborhood potentially $50 million in cap space in two years. So not enough to get two max guys, although you can always – Finagle those numbers and trade off salary if you're close and you, uh, you need to. You can always attach picks and stuff. So I, I think they're looking at a team like the Nets, which was kind of a laughingstock a couple of years ago, but they developed their young talent. They got into the playoffs, cleared up a bunch of cap space, and then they got two uh, top-tier players in Kyrie Irving and uh, Kevin Durant. So that is the new model going forward. I mean, they were trying to tank for the past couple of years. Last year they finished with the fourth worst record and dropped to the number seven pick. So I think you're seeing, I think you're going to see a lot in the future that teams realize that tanking is not nearly as good of a strategy as it was in previous years because they've adjusted these lottery odds. So you can still be bad. Uh, Like I live in new Orleans and you know, the Pelicans jumped into the number one pick. I think that's going to be the new model going forward is, you know, just try to be decent, try to convince free agents, that you are a team on the rise. And then you're also giving yourself that upside of jumping into the top four picks in the draft because it is so flattened. And uh, it seems like that's what the strategy that the Bulls are pursuing at this point.
2: On, On a broader front, then are you a fan of the super team or are you like me where you kind of wish that really didn't happen? Where they bring in where one guy goes and then suddenly there's two and then they push for the third guy and, suddenly they have a team that they really almost shouldn't have, if you know what I'm saying.
3: So. Yeah, I mean, I guess that you, you grow attached to players and you want to see them stay on the teams that they're at, but that's just not the reality anymore in the NBA, right? So I think that teams that try to pursue that strategy, it's just it's not in their best interest. Like, you have to look at the league changes so, so quickly – and this is just the way that it's going to be. So if you're trying to keep uh, keep your homegrown stars, this is what the Bulls have done in the past, is just grow their team through the draft. I just don't think that that's a winning strategy anymore. So you, you do have to be very aggressive in recruiting. You have to try to keep two or more slots open where you can bring two of these top 15 players in. And, um, yeah, I, I get why you would not be a fan of it, but um, – yeah, I th- I think especially with like the younger viewers of the NBA, they're more fans of the players than the teams these days. So that's, that's just that's the way it's true. Going.
2: Yeah, I'm I'm <laughs> I'm over fifty. So for me, it's all about the franchise more than the, than the players per se. But I, I get it. Okay, I I kind of agree with you too. That seems to be the way it's going. So just have to have to roll uh, with it.
0: I'm I'm not a fan of that either. I'm I'm kind of, you know, I'm 29 years old but I'm disgruntled about it. I pick teams. <laughs> damn it. I pick well, teams. That's who I think, I stick
3: Yeah, with. I think the easy. NBA would like that, but it's just it's hard to figure out a way to get these stars to stay in place. I mean, they tried to do it with, you know, adjusting the contract rules and stuff and it kind of backfired, so it's just it just is what it is.
2: I mean, I guess it works out okay if, as long as your team as long as the team wins. It's when they don't which we haven't really seen yet. You know, Cleveland and Miami both managed to win. Toronto won. Um, we'll have to see what happens. This well, one of them isn't going to win this coming year, I guess. So we'll have to see. How I'll that take both. Out. I'll
0: take both are not going to win this
3: year. <laughs> well, you're probably no, right. I'm,
2: I, I'm not so sure that either of them are going to pull it off. But of the two that really went all out. Um, I guess maybe three or no, four acres in there.
3: I can see
0: why. And I think a lot of it has to do with the fact of, you know, I mean, let's face it, when we were younger, this this isn't anything new, but the Bulls were the most popular team gr- when I was growing up because they had Michael Jordan. You know, Michael Jordan was the man, and everybody loved Michael Jordan. Then when Michael Jordan retired in 1998 again for a little while, um, it almost seemed like there was – at least in maybe my area with the casual NBA watchers, a mass exodus from the Bulls. Like I guess Eddie Curry just didn't put the butts in seats uh, for for them. Right. But, you know, it, it seems like the casual NBA fan never really did pick a team, whereas the diehard fan is going to pick their team and stick with it because that's just the way it is. Maybe Maybe it's not really changing that much. Maybe we're just noticing it more now due to social media and the influence of the outside world on our lives more maybe maybe that's just that's my thought i
2: was gonna i was gonna say maybe it has a lot to do with the fact that uh, there was a time when you got to watch your team on television and that was really all you could see now with cable and the internet streaming and nba channel and all that stuff you know you can pretty much follow whoever you want it's not that hard
3: yeah, I think it's, it's a combination mean, of a lot of yeah. a lot of yeah, things. No, my, I mean, the player movement no, has increased no. a ton, too. And
0: everybody's got a shoe deal. Everybody's you, got a shoe and deal. And you uh, can't
2: blame anybody for taking the money, too, in the same breath. I mean, you know. Somebody no, gonna, no. I mean, yeah, you know. I mean, Stefan, we're going to pay you twice as much money for three times as long a term as you get now, but you have to move to L.A. Well, we're probably going to go, right? Yeah. Well, the shoe
0: deals help too. I mean, kids nowadays are all about shoes, and everybody's got their own brand. I mean, you got even you got dads of NBA players making shoe companies for God's sakes. I mean, mean, Brian
2: Scalabrine
0: would have his own shoe company if he were still in the league to this day. I mean,
2: Stefan is in a perfect that market that he covers is the perfect one where Michael Jordan still sells ridiculous amounts of merchandise. You know, it's just that that's become another stream of revenue for the players that has gone crazy for uh, dollar amounts. Yeah. Well, look,
0: one guy who did get some more dollars headed his way, you like that segue there, uh, for the Bulls was Ryan Uh one of my favorite names in the NBA. Uh, Bulls re-signed him, and he's just a hard-working kid, uh, a player that doesn't get a lot of love from major sports outlets, but I, I think he's a great player and does a lot of those little things. What led to him getting this contract extension on a team that uh, is kind of building and adding some more veteran presence, but yet they decided to keep Archer diacono
3: Yeah, this is the first time where he has a fully guaranteed deal. In previous years, um, he really had to fight to make sure that he passed that guarantee date, and I think this was the Bulls rewarding him for being – a great practice player, a great teammate, and he did contribute pretty well on the court. I mean, the Bulls were so desperate for any sort of talent that multiple positions that uh, they had to throw him in. I think he, I think he was, uh, yeah, he was number two in minutes on the team, which is kind of crazy. Uh, it's probably not going to be the case next year. Um, yeah, he's going to be the third or fourth point guard uh, now that the Bulls draft Kobe White and. Yeah, they got Sadoransky. Those two guys are definitely going to be in front of him, and unknown what they're going to do with Dunn, but um, yeah, he he got a couple years. um, They are still keeping the door open for um, getting off his contract in 2021, uh, trying to keep that window open if they can get some max free agents, but yeah, as you said before, he's an extremely hard worker. He probably leads the league, and time on the like literally on the floor just diving on the floor (laughs) loose balls and things like that so um, I I think that attitude I mean he's going to make other players look bad if they don't work as hard as him so I think they appreciate that for him
0: yeah and there's a lot of players like that in the league that are willing to work hard and bust their ass and uh, he's one of them I've noticed T.J. McConnell's another guy who, who does things like that Marcus Smart Uh, is a player that can do things like that as well. Just guys that are going for 50-50 balls, guys that are in your face on defense, and, you know, uh, Javon Carter is another guy that that plays like that. And just, you know what, we're going to guard you, and we're going to guard you, you know, all 90 feet. You may beat me down the court, but by the time the fourth quarter rolls around, you're going to be exhausted because I've been up in your grill all game. Just guys like that. And and I'm glad that he got a shot. Uh, Tim, do you have any final questions for Stephen before we let him go?
2: Well, we'll give them the big one. Um, Go ahead. Where are the Bulls? Uh, bar, well, we'll throw out injuries because they had a, Horatio, a horrible year for injuries last year. Um, if their guys stay healthy, uh, they should be better than they were last year, certainly. Um, how much better do you think, roughly? Are we looking at maybe picking up a, a spot or two in the in the East?
3: I think the goal for them is going to be trying to fight for the eighth seed. Uh, Vegas has them, I think right now at 33 wins, but it opened at 30 and a half wins. So 22 wins last year, eight or nine win jump. That would be pretty significant. And they could go even higher than that if they do stay healthy. The problem with this team is they don't have any sort of wing depth. Otto Porter is a very good player at the three, but behind him, they're going to rely very heavily on Chandler Hutchinson, who, doesn't seem like an nba caliber player and then denzel valentine who just got cleared for five on five activity and um he's been injury prone his entire career so if porter he goes really down, has yeah porter has been injury prone too throughout his career so if porter goes down then they're going to be kind of screwed uh season could go south very quickly and that's what happened last year too they were very shallow at point guard. Chris Dunn went down and then the whole season kind of went to shambles. So I think that, you know, you can't count on a team to be completely healthy. I think, I think that's an indictment on their roster building. Um, But if, yeah, if Porter does stay healthy and he can play like 35 minutes a game, if he can be like top 10 in the league in minutes, I think they can get to mid thirties and wins. I think that's pretty reasonable, which would be a giant step forward for them. Um, I think, the the fans would be really happy with that. I would have liked to
0: have put some money down on that thirty and a half. If I'd have saw thirty and a half for the Bulls, I'd have took. I'd have put money on the over. Definitely yeah, would have done it shot that.
3: Shot up after like a couple of days, so I think a lot of people were taking the over there.
0: <laughs> well, Stephen, we appreciate your time here on the show this week. Why don't you uh, let our listeners know where they can keep up with you and find you as a New Orleans man writing about Chicago, which is confusing to me, but. Great at the same time. Uh, you, you, you're right with you dance with what brung you, right? Uh so let our listeners know where they can keep up with you.
3: Yeah, I write for the athletic. Uh we just surpassed five hundred thousand subscribers, so we're growing extremely quickly. I think you can subscribe Fantastic. for like three or four dollars a month. Um and then you can follow me on Twitter. I usually watch um most of the games live and then I'm live tweeting them. I have video clips and analysis that I just give out for free, and then I'll do stories, uh, like one or two stories a week. Uh, That Twitter handle, if you want to watch the games alongside me, is at S-T-E-P-H-N-O-H. Well,
2: Stefan,
0: thank you so much for jumping back here on the show with us, and uh, we hope to have you back as we get closer to the season. We'll talk some more Chicago Bulls and – Get ready for the nba season to come back i know it does i know it seems like a good time away but october is right around the corner so thanks again and we hope to have you back soon
3: great looking forward to it
0: and that was Stefan no from the athletic in chicago Actually, in New Orleans, riding for Chicago. It's really difficult to figure that one out. But you know what? Stefan was great taking all that time to talk Chicago Bulls with us. And we learned a lot about Chicago and what the Bulls are doing this season. Tim, Tim, uh, we got a lot of in-depth detail there from Stephen though, about what the Bulls' situation looks like this season and maybe what they'll look like in a couple of years.
2: Things might be looking up for the Bulls.
0: Yeah. I mean, if you think about it, it really can't get a lot worse. But, um, no, that's I do want to true, say,
2: what
0: but... I, do, I do want to say this uh, from the people that brought you Wow Free Cam and Cam Bay, we now have what is a, a sponsor now, stripcamfun.com. So, you know, we're kind of switching it up a little bit, but stripcamfun is now a sponsor of the show. So, uh, Tim, we'll go ahead and give a shout out to our newest sponsor and let's check them out. Are you tired of the same old average, everyday lifestyle and the same old job that has you making less money than what you know you're worth? Well, you should head on over to StripCamFun.com. On StripCamFun, there are tons of eligible men and women waiting to perform for you, and you can join in on the fun yourself. Just head on over at StripCamFun.com, where you can strip on cam And have some fun. When you get there right now, you'll get to see some of the most beautiful women, men, and whatever else your heart desires. And you can take advantage of the good times being had on StripCamFun.com. Make sure you get there right now and let them know that Wide Men Can't Jump brought you over. Because StripCamFun.com is not just for everyone. Must be 18 years of older to join in on the good times. Strip Cam Fun. Be sure to visit right now at StripCamFun.com where you can strip on cam and have some fun. And again, that's StripCamFun.com. Go check them out, show them some love. Great sponsor here on Wide Men Can't Jump. Well, Tim, one more sponsor to talk about here. And that is, of course, Stay Classy Meats. One of the best sponsors we have. They pay in meat. It's amazing. For me, at least, uh, um, I, <laughs> I know you wouldn't know. Bless your
2: heart. Would not know. I'm taking one for the team.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, stay classy, meats. Though, if you haven't checked them out, what are you doing? You can use your promo code Wide Men, save ten percent, and get a free pound of Montana grass-fed ground beef. There's really no excuse to not check it out um their food is incredible it's fresh it's lean it's not frozen when you get it it's not just typical like you a lot of people say well why can't i just go to the store and get meat like that you can't that's the point they're your online meat market and this is rare quality meat grown right here in the united states they use them in montana north dakota south dakota where all all this is grown you can't miss out on this save 10 percent. get a free pound of ground beef head over to Stay Classy Meats. That's where you need to go. What do you think, Tim?
2: If I could go to one, I would, sir.
0: (laughs) Let's hear a little more on Stay Classy Meats. Stay Classy Meats is your online meat market where you can get the best quality meat for competitive prices. Head on over to stayclassymeats.com and use the promo code WIDEMEN to save 10% on your order. That's right, if you head to stayclassymeats.com, you can save 10% on your order with promo code WIDEMEN, but that's not all. Not only will Stay Classy Meats give you 10% off, they're also throwing in a free pound of Montana grass-fed ground beef. Make sure you get over to stayclassymeats.com right now to check out their selection. Whether it be pork, ribs, chicken, steak, bison, ribeye, or any other type of meat that you desire, you can get it at stayclassymeats.com. They are high-quality meat that you will not want to miss out on. If you like to eat well and eat clean and eat some of the best quality products out there, Stay Classy Meat is for you. Again, head to stayclassymeats.com right now. So make sure you check out all of our wonderful sponsors, New Law Office at newlawoffice.com, stripcamfund.com, Atomic Comics and Collectibles LLC at Facebook.com slash Atomic Comics and Collectibles LLC and Stay Classy Meats, stayclassymeats.com. Use promo code WIDEMEN and save 10% on your order and get a free pound of Montana grass-fed ground beef. Whoo! That is a mouthful, and you have to take some air sometimes. <laughs> but we wouldn't have it any other way. Our sponsors are great, and this little this little show that we started... Tim, it's almost been two years. October will make two years since this adventure started for you, TR, and myself. And we've Howdy. had a good time doing this. And we've grown by leaps and
2: bounds. And and leaps. And what? <laughs> and, leaps. Leaps, and, bounds, leaps, and leaps. And bounds,
0: leaps, bounds, and leaps. Yes. And we thank all of you that tune in to our show regularly. And from all over the world, all 40 countries, and all over the place. We appreciate you guys so much for taking the time to check out this show. Well, I'll tell you what, we got more show headed your way right now. We've got an interview with our man coming out of Phoenix, Arizona. It's Gerald Borgay, and we will be talking Phoenix Suns off-season. We make it, we, we always laugh at the Phoenix Suns, but once I'm done talking to Gerald, i tell you what, this guy should be selling life insurance or cars, because even he had me optimistic for the Suns' chances this year. Oh,
2: what again, do you think? That's, you? A, that's another case, though, where it really can't get any worse. Um, no, if and, and if you look at their
0: out, roster, if, if you honest.
2: look at their roster, honestly, their
0: roster is not bad by any stretch with the moves they've made.
2: No, they, 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 they've done a couple of things. I mean, nothing, you know, that's spotlight-worthy, but they should be better, and Absolutely, and hopefully they are because it's you know, nobody should be in the basement you know, one year at a time from the basement. Yeah,
0: well, let's go ahead and dive into my conversation with Gerald. What do you say, Tim?
2: Roll the tape, Nate.
0: Joining us now on the show is the editor and writer for FanSided at NBA and the step back. He's a Phoenix Suns reporter, and that is Gerald Borgay. Ho- excuse me, Gerald Bourget. You just told me how to pronounce that, and I almost messed it up again. <laughs> Gerald Borgay, thanks for jumping on with us and talking to the Phoenix Suns.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for having me.
0: Not a problem. Well, Phoenix was one of the busier teams this offseason. A lot of moves were made. They, they got rid of a lot of players, and they brought in some players. Um, but before we get to the offseason moves, let's go ahead and look at the draft. Uh, kind of a big controversy looking at the draft. Cam Johnson goes at number 11. Uh, a lot of people say that was a little bit of a reach for Phoenix. Uh, what made you think Phoenix would go? They trade back from six um, to get, or they trade back from six with Minnesota. They received Dario Saric in that trade. We'll talk about that in a minute, but. What made them want to go with Cam Johnson at 11? Do you think maybe they could have moved back again and possibly got him, or do you think that was the guy
1: they wanted so they just went ahead and got him? I mean, I definitely think they could have gotten him if they had traded back again. Um, You know, obviously that trade back from 6 to 11 was to help address their glaring hole at at the four spot uh, by bringing Sharich in. But, um, you know, that was kind of, even with the Wizards taking Rui Hachimura at number nine, Cam Johnson felt like kind of the biggest reach of the first round, taking him at eleven. When a lot of mocks had him going, you know, five to ten picks later than that. Um, I, I think if you look at a lot of the acquisitions that James Jones made this summer, a lot of the players that he targeted, um, one common theme that or common trait that he was targeting was shooting. Um, and obviously, Cam Johnson is the one-dimensional, you know, shoot, that's what he does. Shooting is what he does. So um, I, I think he definitely wanted to bring in players like that. And he also wanted to bring in guys that are a little more mature. Um, you know, he targeted a lot of veterans in free agency and with his traits, obviously, but even the guys that he drafted, um, you know, Cam Johnson uh, um, and then Ty Jerome, those are some of the oldest, more experienced college players in the draft. Um, so I think that's why they went the direction that they went. Uh, James Jones clearly had a uh, battle plan, a strategy heading into this summer, and um, you know, like it or not, he definitely executed it by taking Cam Johnson uh, a lot, a lot sooner than most people figured he would go.
0: Yeah, and and Sarich is added to the roster now in that trade with Minnesota. He's a guy who uh, he does a lot of things. Differently, he's a good shooter. Uh, the way he plays defense is very, hes a, a good defender. He moves well without the ball, and he can be an asset to DeAndre Ayton, uh, just like he was when he was on the court with Carl Anthony Towns in Minnesota and Joel Embiid in Philadelphia. Um, another guy brought in um, to really address the glaring hole at the point guard position: Ricky Rubio, um, a mm-hmm. good a, a good dribbler, a good passer, maybe not exactly Mister Jump Shot. Um, Mm -hmm. Why Ricky Rubio? Why why was he the target of
1: the Phoenix Suns? I think Ricky Rubio was pretty close to as good as the Suns were going to do this summer, realistically. Um, I mean, you look at the market, like, D'Angelo Russell was kind of always a pipe dream, and to be able to afford max cap space, the Suns would have had to really do some nifty maneuvering to dump, you know, T.J. Warren and Josh Jackson, which they did, but they would have had to go beyond that as well. To make room for a max for him. Uh, Malcolm, Malcolm Brogdon was another target that had been thrown around. Um, but, you know, once the Pacers made their move for him, Rubio was the best available option. And I think a lot of people are critical that this, I mean, the Suns did overpay for Rubio. Like $17 million a year is more than anyone else was going to pay for Rubio this summer. And it's kind of the ugly nature of the situation when you're a bad team and when you've been a bad team for nine straight years now, you kind of have to overpay to get quality free agents to come here. Um, you know, this, this franchise has been uh, not very reputable over the years. You know, we've heard all the reports about the goats pooping in <laughs> executive's offices and all of that stuff. It's just not a place that players really want to play. So they had to overpay a little bit for them. With that being said, I don't think it's a bad overpay. You know, his annual salary is not that high compared to most of the guards in the league. Um, I would say he's a league average point guard, and that's leagues better than what the Suns have had the last two years. You know, you look at last year, they were starting two second-round rookies um, at times at the point guard. They were had Devin Booker playing the point guard, and then they had Tyler Johnson, who's really more of a combo guard or a first guard off the bench type of guy. So, Rubio is a guy that will bring stability, he brings experience, um, ball handling, facilitating, but uh, he also doesn't need the ball in his hands. You know, we saw last year he played next to another ball-dominant two-guard, similar to Devin Booker, in Donovan Mitchell. Um, Obviously, you would like a guy like Rubio to be able to be a threat uh, shooting off the catch with Booker being so ball-dominant, but, um, you know, the Suns will take what they can get at this point and uh, he's, a, he's an upgrade in that right, and I think he'll help DeAndre Ayton as well as far as pick and rolls are concerned. Um, so, you know, not the ideal scenario for the Suns, but a really big upgrade that, uh, you know, people are confused why they paid so much for Rubio. Like, they just expect this team to be okay with being bad forever, and at some point they need to get better. They need to approach 30 wins, and I think a move like Rubio in conjunction with a lot of these other moves at least helps them get there to show Booker, you know, we're trying, we're making progress.
0: And uh, as a former Minnesota Timberwolves fan, I'll be, or not a former fan, but a, a fan of the Wolves, as a guy who had Ruby on his team for so many years, he mm. is a fantastic passer, and you will lo- fall mm-hmm. in love with the passes this guy makes. But you are going to hate life when he's shooting. <laughs> I'll just put that out there. You are gonna You're yeah. going to beg him to pass the ball. Um, but let's look at, you know, you mentioned the trade uh, a minute ago here, getting rid of the Anthony Melton and Josh Jackson. Uh, the Suns kind of mm-hmm. just gave up on Josh Jackson. And I'll be honest with you, this was a guy that I thought was going to end up becoming a really good player in the league. But Josh Jackson uh, never really developed in Phoenix like they wanted. They get Kyle Corver, who they immediately just wave and uh, let him go to a contender. But let me tell you what, I live in West Virginia. And mm-hmm. there's a sneak player that you guys got named Javon Carter, who, if mm-hmm. you ask me, is gonna do so much for this team that you're gonna you're not really you're not gonna believe it what this guy can do, especially defensively. He's such a good defender. And the little things mm-hmm. he does, playing Bob Huggins for all those years, um, I think Phoenix is gonna fall in love with Javon Carter. What did you think of that trade though, to get rid of Josh Jackson and De'Anthony Melton, but you get back Javon Carter? Uh, And really, you you waived Kyle Korver to save room in the cap. What's your
1: thoughts on that trade? Right, I mean, obviously, dumping a number four overall pick and having to attach assets to him just two years after you drafted him is a really bad look. Um, But I also think, you know, Josh Jackson, based on his two years here in the desert, heading a lot closer to draft bust territory than you know his pre-draft projections, which. You know, when he fell to number four at Phoenix, people here were ecstatic. Like, that was the guy that the Suns wanted. That was the guy that the Suns fan base wanted. Like, he and Devin Booker were supposed to be this dynamic duo moving forward for the future. And, you know, Jackson, his shot selection was bad. His jump shot form improved a little bit. And after the All-Star break this year, he was shooting pretty good percentage from three. But, like, for the most part, still had that hitch in his jumper wasn't an effective floor spacer, made a lot of bad decisions, was just out of control most of the time. Um, his defense was over overhyped as far as the impact he could have on that end. And he made a lot of bad decisions off the court as well. There were a lot of bad headlines with his name attached to them that I think impacted his trade value a little bit, and that's why we saw this kind of one-sided trade a little bit. Um, I think the biggest part that bummed Phoenix Suns stands out, at least over here, was having to attach D'Anthony Melton to him because he was a player that a lot of people here liked, um, you know, maybe not the answer at the point guard spot for next season or for last season, obviously. But, you know, as a rookie, he displayed flashes of passing potential. He was, I think he led the league in deflections um, and was certainly first among rookies um, who played at least 90, 900 minutes this season, um, you know, and he, he was a very good defender, a very capable player and possibly a good long-term fit next to Booker. You know, they need someone who can defend. They need someone who can guard multiple guard positions. And he was actually, he actually shot 36% on catch and shoot threes. So he was an okay, um, you know, off the ball threat for when Booker was commanding the rock. Um, I, I think having to attach him to dump a number four pick that you took two years ago, just looks terrible. Obviously it's a new regime. They were cleaning house and a lot of these mistakes Fall back on McDonough's poor drafting Um, but Melton was a good pickup for the Suns and then they just had to attach him along with two second rounders just to get rid of a number four pick it's just bad Um, the hope is that Javon Carter will provide the same kind of defensive intensity that Melton did Um, but you know his wingspan is not quite the same as Melton's and uh, he'll have to be he'll be competing for minutes obviously because they brought in Rubio for the starter starting job, and then they just added Ty Jerome uh, in the draft. So it'll be interesting to see how that but those minutes at the backup one shake out, especially with Booker being able to hold it down at point guard for stretches. Um, but yeah, I, I do like the Javon Carter pickup. It's just hard to be excited about it in the wake of wow, we just dumped a top five pick from two years ago and had to attach DeAnthony Melton to that, a guy that could have been a long term fit at the one
0: yeah and uh, you know of course I'm I'm, I'm a Javon Carter Homer I have been for years so I'm always going to think that he's great uh so um, take what I say with a grain of salt so but um I will say you know, a couple more additions Frank Kaminski and Aaron Baines I was surprised that the Celtics let Baines walk um I think Baines could be a nice piece for this Suns team especially behind DeAndre Ayton. I mean this team, if you look at the at the, the depth, and we'll get into the depth here in a second, um, you know, there's a good possibility here that there's going to be a lot of really solid players on this team, but what do you think about Aaron Baines and uh, Frank the Tank Kaminsky, as, I, as he's been nicknamed <laughs> around, heading into uh, this season?
1: Right. I mean, you kind of alluded to it there, but as much as, I and many others criticized the Suns' offseason moves and the way that they went about adding their players. If you look at the set rotation that they have now, it's a lot better than last season, and there's a lot more depth this time around. Um, the, the one thing with Baines, I think he's going to be great behind Aiton. Um, he's a very defensive-minded, just tough, gritty kind of guy, and that needs to rub off on Ayton. That's exactly the kind of um, you know backup and sort of, Uh, short-term mentor that they need for him um, because defense and and toughness are obviously two areas where he can improve um, this early in his career. Uh, The thing with Baines that didn't make sense to me is, you know, on draft night, that trade that they made to get him and to trade back into the draft where they took Ty Jerome, it was just kind of a head scratcher because they had just dumped TJ Warren's salary that night. And by making those trades for both Sharich and Aaron Baines, they had suddenly plugged up all the cap space they had just freed up with the Warren trade. Um, Everyone knew they needed to dump Warren. Everyone knew they needed to either dump Jackson or wave him or stretch him. Um, But, you know, trading back for Sharich and then a backup center on draft night was kind of a head-scratcher and it plugged up most of the cap space they had just freed up. And if you look at the moves they had to make later in the summer, because of that Baines acquisition, they had to make that Josh Jackson salary dump um, which, you know, in my opinion, was not a great move for them. So I, I like the Baines acquisition, but like most of the Suns' moves this summer, I just don't like the way that they arrived to that point, if that makes sense. Um, and then as for Frank I the Tank, it. I think he's yeah, I, I think for Frank the Tank, he's an okay pickup. Um, he's a four spacer. They need some depth at the four for sure, because um, you know we we don't you don't want to rely on. Cam Johnson at the four, because A, he might be better off as a three, and B, you know, all he can really do at this point is shoot, that we know for sure. Um, so Frank Kaminsky's a little bit more experienced. I don't like giving him the full room exception for two years without a team option on the second year. Um, that, that felt like a little bit much, especially like the Clippers were able to re-sign Jamichael Green for that amount, and in my opinion, Green would have been a much better target. Um, you know, maybe he doesn't sign with the Suns for that amount, but... Um, you know, you just look around the league, some of the similar deals that went down, it feels like nobody was going to give Frank Kaminsky that much money. Um, but, again, you know, it's it's all about how they got there um, versus what they got. I like the, some of the players they added. Um, it's just the way that they arrived there that's a little troubling.
0: Yeah, and that makes sense. Um, projected starting lineup this season is looking like Ricky Rubio, Devin Booker, uh, Kelly Oubre, Dario Sarch, and DeAndre Ayton. Uh, that, that's projected starting lineup. And then behind that, on the bench in the rotation, you're looking at Tyler Johnson, Aaron Baines, Frank Kaminsky, Mikhail Bridges, Cam Johnson, um, you know, Javon Carter, Ty Jerome, a couple of guys who could have um, could get in there a little bit. I mean, they've got a lot of players here. I mean, Eliokabo's there as well. Uh, Chake Diallo, another guy. I mean, a couple two-way mm-hmm. contracts that are that really look good. Um, but man, uh, you know, there's more here than what people think. Uh, because mm-hmm. a lot of people are saying, "Oh, you know, the uh, the Suns are just gonna, they're going to suck again this year." I'm looking at this team. I don't <laughs> think they're going to suck at all. They're not going to be an easy win like people are thinking and saying, I mean, granted, I don't know if they're a playoff team in the West. I'm going to, I'm going to go out on a limb and say no, but I Mm -hmm. I think if they're in the East, I think this is a playoff team in the East. What, what say you?
1: Yeah. I mean, everybody, it's easy to fall into the habit because the Suns continually make baffling moves and they have been for the last four or five years. Um, It's easy to just, look at what they're doing and say, LOL, the Suns think they're going to be a playoff team. But like, this is Devin Booker's fifth season coming up. He's playing for his fifth head coach for his second GM. And he's had over a hundred teammates in his time in the NBA, which is just ridiculous. Like they need to progress towards something solid. And as much as I don't like some of their methodology this season or this summer, I think they got closer to becoming a more respectable team. There is a lot more here than people are, um, you know, expecting or aware of. Um, and I, I think they could approach 30 to 35 wins. I think that would be a very good season for them. And I think if you look at the moves they made this summer, none of the moves that they made are going to get them to playoff team status alone. But they were made as complementary moves with you know, Devin Booker and DeAndre Ayton in mind. They were moves that are reliant on those two becoming superstars and continuing on that trajectory. Um, If those two get to that point and become superstars, I think these complementary pieces will look really good. Um, And I think adding established NBA players, something that the Suns haven't had in a long while, is a good move for them. You know, you look at the veterans they've had, they had an over-the-hill Tyson Chandler, Ditto for Jared Dudley, who's sporting a dad bod for most of his time here. And, you know, Trevor Trevor Reza on a one-year deal, massive overpay. The guy basically quit on the team a month into the season and was traded a month later. Like, they haven't had established veterans who are actually here to help the team win are being paid appropriately or maybe a little bit more on a long ter- or a longer deal instead of just a one-year deal where they can just give up and quit and be traded by December. Um, I think that will make a difference this summer. And I think hopefully Monty Williams, with the five-year deal that they gave him, that provides stability on the head coaching front, which the Suns have not had. They signed Kokoskov to a three-year deal, immediately dumped him with the change in the front office, like, they need to establish some sort of stability here. I think they move closer towards it this summer, as much as I dislike some of the ways they went about doing it. Um, you know, the, the lineup that you named and, and the guys coming off the bench, that's a pretty good nine- to ten-man rotation with, you know, decent third-string pieces behind that. So hopefully it shows in the win column there's still a lot here that needs fixing. There are concerns about athleticism and defense. Um, you know, Mikhail Bridges, Javon Carter, those are good defenders. Uh, Ricky Rubio is a good defender. Outside of that, you know, it's going to be on Booker and Ayton to improve on that end and to take that next step because if they don't, it's going to be very difficult to string wins together. But, yeah, I, I agree with you. I think there's more here than meets the eye, and I think this team is not going to be a rollover team like they were, you know, as recently as last year.
0: You brought up Mikael Bridges, and he's a he's a guy that I really like coming out of Villanova. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was drafted by his hometown team, and then traded on the night of the draft, and a, a strange move to me. But um, he's a solid defender, as you said, good three and D guy. Um, I'm looking at him, and I'm looking at DeAndre Ayton as the guys who are going to take big steps this year. Um, what do you think? Is looking at Ayton and Bridges. What can they both do to improve their games on both sides of the ball?
1: Yeah, I mean, for Bridges, um, on the the defensive end, it's just a matter of continuing to fine-tune his craft. Like, he's already a very good defender. Um, He was added to the USA Select team, which they usually target kind of younger guys who can maybe provide a challenge defensively. So that's awesome that he got that kind of vote of confidence in that way. You know, just continuing to learn how the ins and outs of the game. Because you know those crafty veterans, those superstars that he's matched up against, they know how to trick younger guys into foul trouble. They know, um, you know, how to move them off the spots. Just little tricks of the trade like that. So I think he's going to continue to learn how to do those, how to combat those things Um, on the offensive end. His three-point efficiency needs some work. Obviously, he shot the lights out. In college, but last year he was not very good from three, so he needs that uh, three-point percentage to tick back up again. And I, I think it will. He was too good of a shooter in college to not for that to not translate to the NBA. Um, and then for Aiton, obviously on his feet, he's actually a pretty good on-ball defender. There were a couple of times last year when he would get um, you know weird defensive assignments. There were times I think in back-to-back games he guarded both LeBron James and Giannis. Um, Man to man and did relatively well. His problem is with pick and roll coverage with help coverage um, that type of thing. So he'll need to learn the ins and outs of the intricacies of NBA defenses where to be how to be a more aggressive help side defender um, and rim protector. And then, uh, you know, obviously expanding his range would be helpful. A lot of people are expecting him to start launching threes this season. I think that might be a little bit too early in his development trajectory there. But, um, you know, and, and there were times when he would he and Bridges would both just kind of disappear from game. Like they would not have much of an impact offensively, so they need to learn how to be more consistent contributors. And part of that for Aiton, at least was not having a point guard capable of throwing an entry pass like that having rubio just for that alone and ty johnson for that now that'll help um a lot and i think with all the shooting that they have on the floor now that'll open things up for eight and in the middle a little bit and hopefully for bridges on the perimeter as well
0: well i want to bring up one more thing um before we let you run here there's been a lot of not speculation, but a lot of noise being made about ownership in Phoenix, and a lot of people are very anti the ownership there. Um, Mm. And we're looking at it, and they had a big – there was a a, a lot of noise made last year. We touched on a little bit on the show. How is the front office responding with the ownership right now? It seems like there's a lot going on. Uh, the owner, not very popular. He's been called one of the worst owners in the league. Um, how, how's that being taken by the ownership and in the organization?
1: Yeah, I mean, you, if you listen to Monty Williams and James Jones, they've been very supportive of Robert Sarver. And um, I think one of the things that Monty Williams said when he at his uh, introductory press conference earlier this summer was, that he had a lot of hard questions for Sarver and Sarver had a lot of hard questions for him as far as their past, their failures in this league, um, and how they would look to amend those things. And Monty Williams was up front in saying that Sarver said a lo- all of the right things as far as you know, admitting to his past failures, um, admitting that he was too hands-on, that he didn't let people just do their jobs which is what a good NBA owner does. He hires the right people and he lets those people do their jobs without intervening all the time. Um, With that being said, Sarver has admitted to those mistakes before. Like he's copped to all of those things in the past. It was just a few years ago that he was saying, you know, I'm going to take a more hands-off approach. I'm going to let Ryan McDonough do his job and we're going to, you know, we're going to operate that way from now on. And then, you know, literally a year later, we're hearing reports about the guys that he was pushing McDonough to draft or the trades that he was pushing or that he was coming into the locker room um, when Igor Kokoskov was trying to talk to his team, just like things like that that disrupt the natural flow and, you know, don't allow for stability. Um, so we're going to see how it goes. I think the reason that he interjects so much is because he has reason to doubt some of the people that he's hired. Um, If you look at McDonough, he wasn't good at his job. Um, Kokoskov lost the team for stretches last year, lost his locker room, uh, even though he was a very good offensive X's and O's guy. Um, So hopefully with Monty Williams here, hopefully with James Jones in place, there's that chance for creating a foundation and he won't interject so much. Um, But, you know, I'll, I'll believe it when I see it also.
0: Okay, Uh, last question, and uh, we'll let you go. Realistically, you look at the Suns' roster. They're in the West. Where do you see them finishing up this season, barring injuries, of course, if they don't get hurt? Where do you see them finishing?
1: Um, I see them finishing probably 13th. 12th would be probably the highest I would go. Um, I think they're in that 30 to 35 win range. I think they could be. I think they could be better than the Kings. I think they'll be better than the Grizzlies. Um, It's just tough to project because you look at every single team in the West and you can see a path to around 35 wins (laughs) at least. Like, the West is just so stacked. So the timing couldn't be worse for a team like the Suns that really needs to start building and get its rebuild off the ground. Um, But I I would say probably 13th realistically, and that would be honestly an improvement. Over the last few years.
0: Well, most of the uh, betting sites have them. Here's one at twenty nine and a half. Here's some twenty seven and a half, twenty eight and a half. So, mm-hmm. uh, forgive me, my dogs in the background being an idiot. Um, but yeah, they they have they have those wins marked. Uh, at that rate, so they could hit that 30-win mark, and a lot of people are predicting that. Thank you again for jumping on the show and talking with us about the Suns and giving us a breakdown of what we can expect this upcoming season. Why don't you let our listeners know where they can keep up with you and uh, find you at on social media and your writings and other things like that.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So uh, I recently moved over from HoopsHabit.com to Fansided.com, so I'll be supplementing their NBA coverage there. Doing some Sun stuff. Um, so at com and the step back, that's who I'll be writing for. And then, um, yeah, you can find me on Twitter at G E R A L D B O U R G U E T for just general NBA thoughts and, uh, you know, also Sun's lamentations for the most part.
0: <laughs> well, Gerald, thanks again for jumping on. And I hope we can have you back soon. And We'll talk some more Phoenix Suns and NBA basketball just any time. Hope, hope to see you back on real soon.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for having me.
0: And that was our interview with Gerald Bourget, talking about the Phoenix Suns. He writes for FanSided and all the places he mentioned there at the end. Too many to name off, but Gerald's a great guest. Hope to have him back, and i tell you, he had me convinced. Phoenix could uh, right. really improve this season. Don't think they're going to make the playoffs, but they got a decent little roster there.
2: I'll tell you what, that guy could have saved the solder and car dealerships if he'd have been selling for them.
0: <laughs> You're telling me, easily, easily, but that's going to do it for this week. This is episode 90, man, jam-packed episode. And Tim, it was, it's been a fun one, as always, and uh, we want to thank our sponsors again. The Law Offices of Stephen P. New at NewLawOffice.com, StripCamFun.com, Atomic Comics and Collectibles LLC, it's Facebook.com slash Atomic Comics and Collectibles LLC, and Stay Classy Meats at StayClassyMeats.com. Use promo code WIDEMEN to save 10% on your order and get a free pound of Montana grass-fed ground beef. So check those out. We also want to tell you we're on Twitter at Wide Jump. Visit us on WideMenCan'tJump.com, and we do want to say our Patreon page, w- Patreon.com/slash WideMenCan'tJump. We just put up the interview with Bobby Blaze and Dan Severn. If you haven't heard it, go check it out. It's as low as two bucks a month, guys. We're giving it to you. You know, we a lot of these talents it, it costs us a little bit to get them. To do interviews and you know what, two bucks a month is all we're asking. So go check that out. Uh, you can put you can give more, but two bucks a month is the minimum. So check it three out. Shows. Really,
2: three shows there now for two bucks. That's like yeah. you know five cents.
0: Yeah. I mean, 66. don't buy a coke. Don't buy a coke one day. Like if you go to the gas station, just get your gas. Don't buy your coke and just send us two bucks. And that's and then you have access. That's all we're asking. So uh, really appreciate everybody that has become Patreons. Uh, It just helps us out here at the show. We're not getting rich off this. This is not a – this is what we like to call a get-rich-slow scheme that we've got going on
2: here. Most of the Patreon money we're just going to throw right back at uh, the guys. Some guys don't want to do it for nothing. Um, Yeah. And you can't blame them. So, you know. Some know,
0: Some guys cost some money. And if we get enough Patreon money going, you know what we're gonna do? We're gonna get more merch. We'll get new shirts. We we'll can get some hats,
2: well, things like that. So. Probably won't have to pay for it.
0: Exactly. Oh, well.
2: so, yeah, you know, that's how that works. Um,
0: yeah.
2: we Check it out. This week, man.
0: Yeah, I believe we're gonna. That'll do it for us this oh, week. Again, also, thanks all for sponsors. What?
2: Go ahead. Finish up.
0: I was just going to say thanks to all of our sponsors. Check us out on all of the places you find podcasts, whether it be iTunes podcast, Stitcher, Google Play, FM Flash, iHeartRadio, on the website at com, FM Radio, um, TuneIn Radio, anywhere, anywhere we're at. Check us out on Wide Men Can't Jump. And we'll have some more great content for you next week as we continue our trip around the league, checking out all 30 teams before the season comes back around in October. And I guess – we're only, uh, we're about two and a half months away from our 100th episode. So be on the lookout for that. I got to start, we got to start planning some stuff. I think that'll be a fun one,
2: but go ahead, Tim, as you were going to say. I, I'm going to go off the reservation here, as they say up here in Camden. Go ahead. Um, for a minute, um, I don't want to give this guy's name and I won't, uh, but if you're from the West Virginia area or anywhere else for that matter, uh go to Nate's uh, Facebook page and scroll down a little bit. there's a little article there about a gentleman who has uh having a bad patch. Got a little bad luck going his way. He could really use uh people's help. I know people are tired of hearing about the sharemes and gofundmes and all this stuff, kickstarters and all that nonsense. But uh, as it says there, and you'll read, like I said, I won't give the man's name on the podcast. Um, We've all been there. Uh, And most of us, obviously, we survived it because we got some help from somewhere. Uh, Do yourself a favor. Be a better human being. Nobody's asking for, you know, 20 bucks or even 10 bucks. Hell, two bucks, a buck five, four, whatever change you got in your pocket, whatever it is, give this dude a hand. It's just a regular guy like you and I needs a little help and seems like the kind of guy. I don't know him personally, but Nate does. Um, you know, well, you know this,
0: me, Tim, I'm not one to ask yeah, for help for somebody I mean, that's not a good right. person.
2: So that's, that's where I'm, you know, that's where I'm, I mean, that's just a, a give me for on my end, but um, I'm just saying, you know, if you, you got a little, you know, there again, you know spare yourself the three Cokes and a uh, two fries and throw this guy some help. He needs it. And uh it kinda sounds like he's the kind of guy that not only is gonna appreciate it, but uh um he's probably gonna look you up and uh you might even get your money back by the sounds of things because this guy doesn't doesn't wanna do this. Let's put it. I that just posted
0: way. it on Twitter as well, so go check yeah. out at wide jump.
2: You know, I mean, you, all you got to do is look at yourself and know that this, this is something that none of us would want to do unless we absolutely had to. So if you can help this guy, great. If you can't, that's okay too. I mean, I, I know it's tough out there for everybody. But if you can, uh, send him some love his way and uh, we'd really appreciate it. And I'm sure he would too. And uh, with that, uh, no jokes tonight. We'll call it a night.
0: Yep. So again, thanks everybody for listening. And uh, we hope you guys can uh, just keep listening and keep supporting and thank everybody for all their contributions they've made for us and for others. And, you know, help one another out, appreciate each other. And I hope everybody has a good week. Uh, If you're in the West Virginia area, come check out all-star wrestling in Madison on Saturday should be a good time. Uh, So again, thanks for stopping by and listening to wide men can't jump Tim. Tim,
2: you want to send us home? Peace, baby.
3: even got to say it. That's just something. Thanks
0: for listening to the Wide Men Radio Network located at blogtalkradio.com and at widemencan'tjump.com. Be sure to check out our blogs over at widemencan'tjump.com and also be sure. To check out all the other shows that we put out, you can find us on iTunes, Podcast Addict, Stitcher, Google Play, FM Flash, iHeartRadio, and anywhere you find your favorite podcast, also at WideBeanCanChump.com. Visit our store and buy some new t shirts that are available now in all sizes. This show is brought to you by the Law Offices of Stephen P. New at NewLawOffice.com and by Cambay.com. Be sure to visit Cambay.com. And use promo code WIDEMEN to get 20 free credits on your purchase.
1: Thanks for listening again, and we'll see you next time for the next episode on the WIDEMEN Radio Network.